the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The head of the U.S. Navy claims America must be ready for China to invade Taiwan before 2024. That is something China wants to do, but will do it when they can be sure of victory. Republican Lee Zeldin takes a lead in polls over incumbent Kathy Hochul in New York. If the past is prologue to the future, the Democrats could be in trouble in a few days. Democrats look to move forward with student loan cancellation. They're not going to get the political payoff that they're looking for. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, October 24th. I'm Mike Scott. Over the weekend, the head of the U.S. Navy warned that the American military must be prepared for the possibility of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan before 2024. Experts on Capitol Hill are growing increasingly alarmed about the threat to the island nation. Admiral Mike Gilday, chief of naval operations, said the U.S. had to consider that China could take action against Taiwan much sooner than even the most pessimistic warnings. This comes as President Xi Jinping was given another term as head of the ruling Communist Party. Xi, who took power in 2012, was awarded a third five-year term as general secretary, discarding a party custom under which his predecessor left after 10 years. The 69-year-old leader was expected by many to try to stay in power for life. Jean-Pierre Cabestin, professor emeritus at Hong Kong Baptist University, says the CCP is dominated by Xi Jinping's men. They're all Xi Jinping's men. There's just one faction now dominating the party, the Xi Jinping faction. And clearly all these uh, leaders have, have worked with Xi Jinping, they were promoted by Xi Jinping, and no other factions uh, are represented in leadership. Cabestin says Xi has achieved his goals in terms of power consolidation. There's no question about that. The danger is when there is less pluralism, less debates, um, more concentration of power, the top leaders may be inclined to listen less to other people and to make mistakes. Cabestin goes on to say that when there is a concentration of power, the danger is top leaders may be inclined to listen less and make the wrong decisions, which could impact the U.S. Including within China, but also decisions may, which may affect China's neighbors, Taiwan or Taiwan or China, China's major partners like the United States, Japan or Europe. Weighing in, Britain's Major General Chip Chapman, former of the Ministry of Defense, says that Admiral Gilday is trying to make sure that American forces are ready. 
all the P5 members signed up in January this year that nuclear war should never be fought and cannot be won. So that's certainly the policy position. So we don't really want to go to the right of arc uh, straight away just because there might be tension. What we can say at the moment is following uh, Senator or Speaker Pelosi's visit in August that there is an unstable new baseline where there will be increasingly military drills by the Chinese, fast air activity, and giving them the ability to escalate and de-escalate and lead, leading to really an alert fatigue. But you've got to put into context what the professional head of the U.S. Navy really means when he says that it's his job to be the sentinel, not the optimist, and to make sure that the Americans can have a fight-tonight posture. So from his perspective, it's really a plea for readiness, for recovering the carrier forces and making sure that the maintenance program, which has been deferred because of the enduring operations really from Afghanistan and against IS, with the carrier air being used against that, while sustaining its missile and magazines, so the sustainability for the Americans. Chapman also believes that while China does have its eye on Taiwan, their forces are years away from taking a real shot at it. Because most people actually look to the uh, evidence of the commander of the Indo-Pacific Command, that's the people who would fight any war against China, uh, which was... uh, Admiral Phil Davidson in his congressional evidence last year when he really talked about 2027 being the window from which China may have the capability to do something. That is generally called the Davidson window. So if you were to say, could China fight and win in Taiwan now? The answer is they're building a power projection and blue water capability. They don't have that capability yet. And their ability to sustain an amphibious operation from the Chinese mainland that would see them successful is probably not there and won't be for a few years. Chapman goes on to point out that while China is a looming threat, Russia is the threat here and now. It's Russia at the moment because they are trying to regain lost territories and fears of influence. That is something China wants to do, but will do it when they can be sure of victory. Salman Rushdie's agent says the author lost sight in one eye and use of a hand as he recovers from a violent attack by a man who rushed the stage at an August event in western New York. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more on this story on the health of Salman Rushdie. Literary agent Andrew Wiley told the Spanish-language newspaper El País that Salman Rushdie suffered three serious wounds to his neck and 15 wounds to his chest and torso in the attack that made him lose sight in an eye and left a hand incapacitated. 24-year-old Hadi Muta pleaded not guilty. Rushdie spent years in hiding after Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini issued a fatwa calling for his death after his novel, The Satanic Verses, which some Muslims consider blasphemous. His agent told the paper the attack was something Rushdie thought about, a random person coming out of nowhere. Julie Walker, New York. According to new polling, Republican Representative Lee Zeldin has edged ahead of Democrat incumbent Kathy Hochul in New York in the race for governor making it nearly a dead heat. This is the first poll that shows Zeldin running ahead or even with the incumbent governor. And that's not all. A new crop of polls have revealed trends that suggest it's now very possible 
House Republicans win back the majority on November 8 with more than 20 House seats, which was once the upper range of most analyst predictions. The news has Republican officials confident they can gain at least one seat or more in the Senate, giving them the majority there. The new Monmouth poll found 63 percent of respondents wish President Biden would give more attention to issues important to the family, with that number including 36 percent of Democrats. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders voiced his concern for Democrats' chances over the weekend, saying many young people may not come out to vote. I am worried about the level of uh voter turnout among young people and working people who will be voting Democratic. And I think, again, what Democrats have got to do is contrast their economic plan with the Republicans. Joe Khalil of News Nation goes over the new numbers and why they're seeing a dramatic shift. Momentum shifting now in the polls in Republicans' direction in key battlegrounds across the country. This is 538 Politics. You see here, Democrats now have a 55% chance to keep the Senate. That is down from 71% last month. And take a look, same story in the House. Republicans now have an 80% chance to win back the House. That is also up from 68% last month. So momentum in their way. And one of the reasons really is the economy. While the economy and inflation and crime have been Republicans' uh, top issues on the campaign trail, Democrats have largely been focusing on abortion rights, threats to democracy, and their records. Some legislative wins over the summer uh, when it comes to things like infrastructure, gun control, veterans benefits, and other bills. They had a good summer, but now that summer momentum is slipping a bit from Democrats. Khalil goes on to say that Democrats believe it's only a messaging problem. Even House Speaker Nancy Pelosi acknowledging that, uh, look, she thinks Democrats still have a good chance to do well in the midterms, but she says they may be losing the messaging war on the economy, saying here just a couple of days ago, uh, inflation is there, but it's global, may not be as bad as it is in some other countries. We'll have to message it better in the next three weeks ahead. Now, there have been a small number of Democrats, including some progressives like Bernie Sanders, that have been warning since the summer that, yes, abortion is an important issue, but the Democrats need an economic message. They need to make the case to their voters why they would be better at handling the economy and inflation than Republicans, and you haven't really seen that much from Democrats. Meantime, Republicans have been hammering away on the message on the economy and on inflation, trying to make their case to voters as well, and that may be one reason why we're starting to see them rewarded for it, at least in this moment in the polls. Brian Kilmeade of Fox News says that history is likely on the side of Republicans. History really does repeat itself, and if the past is prologue to the future, the Democrats could be in trouble in a few days. The Republican National Committee has filed a lawsuit against tech giant Google, alleging the company has been suppressing its email solicitations ahead of November's midterm elections. Daybreak Insider's Ken Lorman looks inside the details on this story. The lawsuit filed in California Friday evening accuses Gmail of discriminating against the RNC by unfairly sending the group's emails to users' spam folders. They complain it's impacting both their fundraising and get-out-the-vote efforts in pivotal swing states. Google denies the allegation and contends its algorithms are designed to be neutral. 
but a study released in March by North Carolina State University found that Gmail was far more likely to block messages from conservative causes. Ken Lorman reporting. Taking a look at the crime wave sweeping across the country, mere days after Wawa in Philadelphia announced two center city locations are permanently closing for safety concerns, the convenience store chain announced another nine in northeast Philly were shutting down following a pair of armed robberies. In a statement, Wawa says they are temporarily closing or limiting hours at other stores due to external operational challenges or recommendations by local authorities for the safety and security of our associates. Jeff Cole, reporter for Fox 29 in Philadelphia, breaks down the facts of the story surrounding the Wawa closings. Early afternoon and the Wawa in University City is bustling with Penn students startled to learn of the trouble here overnight. I'm in shock because that also does make me feel really unsafe as like a student here, as someone who's a part of this community. According to police, at one this morning, five female thieves entered the Wawa on the 3600 block of Chestnut Street and stole 100 bucks in merchandise. As they fled, an offender pepper sprayed a worker. It's a big shame, like especially an employee getting assaulted is, is definitely like pretty horrible. The incident occurs just as City Councilman Michael Driscoll is quoted in a local business journal suggesting Wawa, the locally based owner of convenience stores in seven states, is reconsidering its presence in Philadelphia and could halt expansion due to crime. In my opinion, they're here to stay. Yeah, I don't think they're leaving, but will they grow? I hope so. When questioned, Driscoll seemed to back away, suggesting the concerns over Wawa's presence were his and not anything Wawa expressed to him. That is attributed to you. The scariest part to me is that one of the senior officials said, we are seriously considering moving out of the city of Philadelphia. And I think I was, what I meant was I had concerns that incidents like this could cause them to reconsider. Driscoll says his concerns arise from this ransacking captured on camera of a Wawa in his district last month. Wawa has shut down stores, including one at Braun and Walnut, an action some question. I feel like they should try to figure out how to like deal with the environment. They've been a staple here for a long time, and it hasn't been like an issue for them. Well, maybe it hasn't been an issue in the earlier years, but it certainly is an issue now. Once again, Wawa announcing about 30 minutes ago, due to safety and security issues, it will shut down two stores, two more. Former President Donald Trump hit on that topic of the nationwide rise in crime in his latest rally in Texas over the weekend. The former president says the current administration is using the Justice Department for politics and corrupting the rule of law. Before our very eyes, Biden and his left-wing handlers are turning America into a police state. And I don't even think it's Biden, to be honest with you. But they got some bad people around. Former President Trump says Democrats and the White House have insisted on poor immigration policies that are impacting crime rates in America. Let's open up the borders, let millions of people pour in, let convicts, prisoners come in from 129 different countries, murderers, rapists. They're going to come in from 129 different countries. Think of it. How stupid can we be? How stupid are these people that are allowing our country to be ruined? 
In spite of legal challenges to President Biden's student debt relief program, Education Department head Miguel Cardona pledged to keep moving full speed ahead with their debt reduction plan. The statement comes only a day after a federal appeals court put a temporary hold on it, barring the administration from canceling loans covered under the policy while it is under review. Stephen Dial of Fox 4 in Kansas City breaks down the latest news on the future of student debt relief. The White House says more than 22 million Americans have already signed up for that student loan debt forgiveness plan. And while it is temporarily blocked, the Biden administration tonight telling people to continue to apply. Thousands of people with student loan debt rushed to fill out their loan forgiveness application this week, hoping to get up to $20,000 of debt wiped out. No forms to upload. No special login to remember. Available in English and Spanish, desktop and mobile. Thursday, two federal courts denied challenges to President Joe Biden's loan forgiveness program. A federal judge in St. Louis struck down a lawsuit from six Republican-led states, and the U.S. Supreme Court rejected another challenge. But in a late Friday turn, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, based in St. Louis, temporarily stopped the White House from discharging any student loan debt under the new program. The ruling freezes the loan program while the court considers the state's request for a longer injunction pending the legal challenge. The lawsuit argues the president overstepped his authority and claiming the forgiveness plan needs congressional approval. Dana Perino, former White House press secretary under President Bush and host of Fox News's The Five, says that Democrats will not get the political payoff they want from student debt relief. Even he has said this is just for politics. He said last January. Everybody is saying this is a bad idea, except for the people who are saying, no, really, come with us. Come over to the farther left side and that will make a big deal. We'll make a big deal out of it. They're basically writing off the middle class and the blue collar workers, completely writing them off. You know, 47 percent of Americans have a four year degree. Only 13 percent have graduate degrees. But 50 percent of the student loan debt is held by people that have graduate degrees. Graduate degrees. So what happens to the guy who took out a loan to get, um, you know, F-150? so that he could take his tools around. That debt's never going to be canceled. And it doesn't get canceled. It just gets transferred to somebody else, which is be... They're transferring the debt to the guy with the F-150. It is also inflationary. Why are we increasing... Why are we take, making a move that would increase inflation at this time? Why, why does that make any sense? It's also um, something that Congress should do. So this is an illegal move. It is unethical. It is immoral. And they're not going to get the political payoff that they're looking for. They're not going to get the PR spin. They're just going to go through all the policy pain, and they're not going to satisfy the left, and they're not going to satisfy anybody on the right. The Biden administration was given until the close of business today to appeal that decision by the court to temporarily block student loan cancellation. Americans will be allowed to contribute more of their money to 401k and similar retirement savings plans next year. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more on this story. The IRS says savers with 401k and similar plans will be able to contribute up to $22,500 next year. That's up from $20,500 this year. 
People aged 50 and over, which have the option to make additional catch-up contributions to 401k and similar plans, will be able to contribute up to $30,000 in 2023. The IRS also raised the annual contribution limits on individual retirement arrangements, or IRAs, by $500 to $6,500. The changes make it easier for retirement savers to set aside more of their income toward building their nest egg. Keith Peters reporting. A teenage chess player is suing world champion Magnus Carlsen for $100 million. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more. Carlson accused Hans Niemann of cheating last month when the 19-year-old came out of nowhere and defeated him in a chess tournament in St. Louis. Niemann's admitted to cheating in the past, using an iPad with the chess engine that suggested moves to make. Well, now Neiman is accusing Carlson and chess platform Chess.com of launching a smear campaign against him. Lawyers for Chess.com are dismissing the allegations. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally, scientists have taught brain cells in a dish how to play Pong. Calling their experiment Dish Brain, a team of researchers placed live human and mouse cells into a dish, connecting them to electrodes and a simulation of the classic game Pong. Scientists then watched as the mini-mind quickly taught itself the game and improved the more it practiced. Dr. Han Weng Chong is CEO of biotech startup Cortical Labs and explains the experiment. We built this uh, simulation and we take in these brain cells and then we put them in a special kind of petri dish, uh, ones that actually have electrodes on them. So I have one that I can show you. It looks kind of like this. You can see the lines and, and traces um, that go to the center bit, and this is a cap that keeps the, the, the system alive um, by confusing the same liquids that are sort of in our heads at the moment. And um, what we then do is we put these brain cells on this uh, bit of electrodes, essentially give the brain cells the ability to move this pattern up or down. They get to choose, do I want to go up, do I want to go down? And we tell them the information of where the ball is, the paddle. And through, you know, experimentation and figuring out, you know, what, what systems can we use to sort of push the neurons to move the pedal up um, more often than not to, to hit the ball um, by the, more often than statistical chance, uh, we were able to show within five minutes that they were able to control that pedal to play the game. So I think this is a massive breakthrough because before our work, it was uh, uncertain if uh, brain cells in a dish were able to perform the same kind of cognitive tasks that we, you and I assume uh, would happen in our heads. What's next for dish brain? Well, Dr. Chong says they plan on giving the cells a party. What we, what we want to do here is, can we get these neurons drunk? Can we give them some alcohol and, and observe the, uh, the deterioration and how they can actually move the paddle? Scientists claim it proves that neurons in a dish could learn and display basic signs of intelligence and believe that it could help unlock better treatments for neurological conditions. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. 
Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.